In a world where standing six feet apart is recommended, Podcasticon rose from the ashes in January of 2021 for the first audio-only pop culture convention. Well, fear not. This summer, Retrofied Magazine and Podcasticon present Blockbuster, a one-day-only convention where guests and podcast hosts come together to talk about the movies and experiences that we all love. There will be panels about blockbuster movies and even a parade. Follow at PodcastCon on Instagram and Twitter and subscribe to PodcastCon on all podcasting platforms. Retrofied Magazine and PodcastCon present Blockbuster on July 3rd, 2021. The one-day audio-only pop culture convention to end all one-day audio-only pop culture conventions. Welcome to the TB Toy Cast, where Travis and Brian talk all things toys from the past, the present, and the future. Ugh, that's all we need, another podcast where a bunch of nerds talk about toys. Enjoy the show! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time once again to make that fantastic trip down the toy aisle. It is the TB Toy Cast. I am Brian, Brian, if I can say my name correctly, easy for me. And uh, joining me on this trip down the toy aisle is my good friend Travis. Travis, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Uh, you know, uh, spring has sprung, weather's nice. I, you know, I, even though we're still in the middle of a I'm a pandemic. It's uh, you know I got got a little bit of spring fever to uh, to do a, a little bit more you know figure hunting and, and toy hunting. Absolutely, man, and that's what we are about today is uh, talking all things toys. That's what we do on here. We talk toys. We uh, we talk about new, old, everything else, and of course our big main event, which this week you picked uh, an interesting one, Travis, Primal Rage, man. Some people may not even remember that this was a hugely popular game in the 90s for Sega and Super Nintendo, mostly, uh, I think as well as the arcade, uh, but they had a toy line uh, there for a little bit, and we're going to dive into all of it, man, but uh, Primal Rage, just to kind of give people a brief introduction if you don't know, it's di- it's a dinosaur fighting game. How can you not love this? It, it was amazing. I remember seeing it in the arcade. I remember getting it for, I think it was my Super Nintendo. I, I Sometimes I confuse Primal Rage with Killer Instinct. Okay. So um, I'm pretty, because they had dinosaurs and other monsters as well, but I I know I had Primal Rage. Like I said, I'm, I'm pretty sure on my, my Super Nintendo. And yeah, you had dinosaurs that fought and... You know, you got to think at the time that was the dawn of the, you know, there were fighting games for Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Primal Rage, Killer, uh, Killer Instinct, um, King of Fighters, um, Shaq Fu, you know, yeah, how can man. you forget that? I actually, you Amazing. know what, I know people dog on that. I like that game at the, back in the day. I mean, it's not great now, but at the time it was fun. I liked the Blue Ninja. Yeah. I don't remember his name, but. There was a mummy he, in there too, I think. Yeah, and Shaq wasn't hateful. It was, like I said, in the in the uh, ooh, and Eternal Champions on Sega. Don't Dude. know how why I remember. 
I had Eternal Champions on Sega, dude. Eternal Champions was amazing, but uh, you know it was the in the craze of one-on-one fighter, arcade fighter, and uh, it was dinosaurs. Like you, you, you can't go wrong. Well, and to me, fighting games will always be like one of my favorite formulas for games. In fact, fun story: just the other day. My nephew, as I mentioned, probably on here and on Breaker and Bane's Power Hour before, he has an arcade one-up machine in his bedroom, and it's Capcom, and it's like a tabletop style, and so he likes to play Street Fighter, and he has figured out with Blanca how to do the electrocution, and so he just does that over and over, and it is impossible to beat him. Like, he absolutely smoked me like three games in a row, so... um, Button mashing 101. Dude, he's he's figured it out, man. If he's figured out Blanca, don't let him get Honda because it's. I'm pretty sure it's just the same button for that thousand, <laughs> thousand hand slap, dude. You, yeah, that's uh, how I used to beat people. Is that hand slap from Honda? And what's funny just, is, um, th- this is how I knew I was doing good as an uncle. I showed him that, and he goes, "Is that Yokozuna?" And I'm like, "Close." Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> the token sumo wrestler. In the uh, fighting game world. But yeah, so much fun. So we'll dive into more on Primal Rage um, in our main event, which is coming up. But before we uh, before we go too far, Travis, uh, what has us excited right now? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, I am excited about a couple uh, announcements in the past week. Uh, first off... I am excited about the announcement of the NECA April O'Neil figure uh, for the movie Turtles. Uh, it uh, it has the actor and or actress, pardon me, and uh, I honestly, for the life of me, can't think of her name right now. I but it's there was Judith a Judith Hogue. Is that correct? I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, she signed on with NECA, and there was a uh, $100 signature series and a $30 regular figure that uh, the regular figure will hit Walmart sometime this uh, year. The $100 signature series uh, was the exact same figure as a regular, but had an additional yellow raincoat and that. a signed uh, Channel 3 I think it was Channel 3 in the movie, uh, press pass that that she had on her belt. Uh, And as of time of recording, the Signature Series has already sold out. I heard it was minutes. Uh, Is that correct? I I would guess. Yeah. So I'm hoping – I missed out on that. That was the one. I don't really want the signature, but the yellow coat is token April, so I'm hoping. Right. That was kind of my thing, too. I actually don't collect the movie versions um, because I felt I needed to cut it off somewhere. And kind of like you don't collect the cartoon versions, right? It's kind of hard to do both. Right. There's too many cartoon. I would. I I had to find out what. I wanted to collect NECA Turtles. And I had to pick. It's like, do I pick the arcade? No, because some of these San Diego arcade box sets, well above what I'd be comfortable paying. Sure. And the cartoon just has so many really. It's almost like every other month there's a new cartoon release, at least with the 
the movies. It's it's every other and or quarterly. So, you know, it, it's a little easier on, on the wallet. But uh, definitely excited about that April figure. And uh, surprisingly, uh, when it came out, uh, news was released that there is going to be an AEW Series 1B with correct skin tones and tan to where they don't look like zombies. And yeah, the ringside pictures, holy crap, you they, they don't look like they've all been on a seven-day binger with the eye like shadow under their eyes or the bags under their eyes. They look, I think how they were supposed to look initially. And yeah, I am really, really excited about those. Well, now on that, I, when I, one thing they did that Jeremy pointed out, which I think is great is it says series one B. So if you have an original series one in theory, these will be valued differently. And I think that that's a really cool collector market move on Jeremy's part. Oh yeah. And I'm pretty sure there'll be a different, well, I mean, they will, the, other than Brandy, because I think Brandy it looked, you know, she's not going to have a problem, because uh, as far as I know, no one ever complained about that Brandy figure. Right. Um, well, I think it was, like, the one that really was noticeable to me was Cody. He looked like, I don't know if you've ever seen that t- television show, I Zombie, but that show, how they depicted zombies were very pale skin bleach blonde hair and because of Cody yes. having the bleach blonde hair he looked like he was right out of iZombie I uh, I agree so I, I'm excited for those and ready to uh, you know I if I see those at retail I will definitely buy them because uh, now here's a question and I don't think it's been said are they going to re-release the chase because the chases are now going up to three thousand and five thousand, but are we going to get tanned Chase Jericho and tanned Chase uh, Cody? See, that's a very interesting question. I would say no, because if it's a one in five hundred, technically they've already been made. But right. it is technically a one B series, so who knows? Stay tuned, I guess, on that one. Um, we'll keep you we'll keep you updated. To kind of go off what you were saying before. On the um, the NECA April O'Neil figure, one thing I've always liked about NECA is if stuff doesn't hit and no one can find it, they do a good job of putting it out again. So I know initially some of the NECA turtle sets, Triceratons, Trag and Granadur, um, Rat King and Vernon. Some of these were very hard to come by. Either I did not see them at all, or I saw it once and never again. Since the then, COVID turtles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Since then, NECA's done a good job of releasing them online. And like just the other day, I hit a, a Target and I saw three Slash and Leatherhead sets. It's like, oh, okay, that came out like several months ago. So I feel like they're not so much of like, once it's gone, it's gone. They're, they want you to have the figure. So... Missing out on April, yeah. my my thing would be be patient because I think it will come. It just might be might be something you have to pay attention to. So, but I think that that's really cool as far as the movie characters are concerned. They're doing a really good job on that, and and I and I can kind of totally see your point of less wallet heat because less to buy. 
But oh, yeah. The whole reason I wanted the cartoon collection is because of the Triceratons and, you know, now Anthrax and, or Anthrax, I think is his name, and uh, Scumbug and Muckman and Mondo Gecko. Like, I love the obscure characters. That's just so much fun to me. I I agree, but I'll be honest with you. Um, with the you know, I missed the signature series April, but you know, I had to do the loot crate for Danny, and mm-hmm. that wasn't a thirty dollar figure. But you know, that's get it now because you may you know, not I later. Need that, yeah, I need I need that Danny figure to go steal twenty bucks out of uh, April's purse. <laughs> that that is true, very true, man. I haven't seen those movies in a long time. I need to revisit them. They're good. They 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 hold up about seventy five percent, twenty five percent. It's pretty, you know, corny, but yeah, for the most part, they hold up. I think it's any movie based on the late eighties, early nineties. To kind of change gears into what I am excited for, well, I don't know if I would say I'm excited for this, but it's it's worth talking about. Super 7 revealed Wave 5 of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Ultimate figures, and we were kind of talking about these before we went on the air, and they revealed that it will be a Samurai, Leonardo, Krang, Ray Filet, and Leatherhead. They, I've noticed the prices increased on these from 45 to 55 I... I kind of want to go back to what we were talking about in a previous episode. You know, Hasbro releasing the Power Ranger villains. They come in a bigger box, $30 price tag instead of the typical 20 Whereas I've seen Marvel Legends figures that are the same scale, same accessories with a Build-A-Figure part for 20 And it kind of makes me think, I'm like, hmm, could you sell that for 20 Probably. But you're going for thirty. Are you getting greedy because you know people are gonna are waiting to buy it? And and I mean, I'm sure you've seen the. Uh, we talked about it on Power Hour not long ago. The major blood GI Joe figure going for like several thousand dollars. Yes, it's it's that weird thing of certain people. There's no like patience, and again, things are worth what people will spend. So like I. For instance, I have the Young Bucks LJN figures. I ordered them from ringside when they came out because I thought, oh, man, this is going to be like a relaunch of the LJN line. So I want to get in. as well. Yeah. So I well, my thing was I wanted to get in at the ground level because I knew they were going to make more, and then they didn't. And now I really don't want them. So I could put them on eBay for like $6,000. That doesn't mean anyone's going to spend that, you know. But if someone did spend that, then the price is going to go up, you know. So it's that weird it's that weird give and take, I guess. No, it, it is, and that's the the fun and the beauty of um, of figure collecting because you really don't know what's going to hit and be hot. Um, you know, for example, I was uh, going through one of uh, my wrestling figure groups on on Facebook, and somebody made a post. Um, Hey, does anybody have the Ron Simmons Hall of Champions figure, the WCW belt, and does not want an arm and a leg for it? I went, well, that's, you know, that was a pretty common Hall of Champions figure or legend like a year or so back. But I actually never even saw that in stores, so. Real. I saw it a couple times, but I I mean, like, that's normal for me, like. That's the interesting aspect of was it common because I, I may have seen it once. I wasn't 
collecting elites at the time, but a Ron Simmons elite would have stopped me in my tracks because that was, I think, the only one they ever made of him, WWE wise. Yeah, he was in the blue tights and yeah. white pants. The headband, the whole not, deal. Yeah. But uh, a Ron Simmons Hall of Champions figure now goes between 125 to $175. And I just was floored that, I don't want to say common, but like. Well, and and I don't mean common, but I don't I don't recall it being like super difficult. Not like a GI Joe Cobra Viper to find. Exactly. You know, what, the the targets because it was a target exclusive. Mm-hmm. You know, would at least get two, maybe three restocks of it before. Right. <coughs> excuse me. The next Hall of Champions series came out, so you know you never know, and that's. You know, especially in in today's world, you, you don't know what is going to be, you know, not worth the twenty bucks you paid for plastic, or is just going to shoot through the roof. It is such a weird thing to know to not that guessing game, I guess. Right. So I was looking this up the other day. This is kind of unrelated to anything, but I remember having these as a kid. It was a three pack of G.I. Joe scaled, but they were pro wrestlers. They were like, they were basically bootleg wrestlers. I mean, not bootleg, but they were made by Rimco, I found out, but they were just essentially G.I. Joe scale, like generic wrestlers. And it was a three pack and it was probably like three bucks for the three pack. And, you know, real over the top, goofy looking outfits and stuff. Well, I saw somebody selling a carded one on eBay for $800. And I'm thinking, Hard like, pass. what's that? <laughs> Hard pass. Well, yeah, obviously. And I'm just like, 800 bucks. But at the same time, that immediately triggers in my mind, that's worth $800. Not, not necessarily. That's what this guy's trying to sell it for. So if you had that and you wanted to sell one, all you have to do is undercut this guy. So if you come in for, like, 600 bucks and someone really wants it, they might be like, oh, that's a steal, even though it's really not. That's still like... A right, huge... you're still ripping somebody off because yeah. that perceived value of what's the only one on eBay, it must be worth this. Right. And, you know, we live in that day and age where people have bad FOMO or mm-hmm. itchy, uh, you know, who aren't as eBay savvy or Facebook group savvy or sales savvy, and they're like, well, that must be it because you know, buy it now. I need to, I, I need to buy it, and you know, kudos if they get it. But yeah, you know, you're you're definitely ripping off somebody that has no idea you know, what what it is or what the true value might be. Very true, man. Um, but yeah, as far as anything else with news, I do want to mention this. Because I thought this was an interesting take. We talked uh, last week about the uh, zombie sailor King Kong Bundy figure, which I thought was a fun addition. It was announced um, just today as we record this that he has signed Barry Horowitz to the line. He kind of put out a teaser, first ever figure of this guy, of this legend. And I'm like, man, like, you know, there's Dino Bravo. There's a few other people, but like, who's never had a figure? That really got my wheels turning. So I, I will say I was not expecting Barry Horowitz. I'd be interested to see what the sculpt is, and you know this could be one where 
he's got his hand patting his back. Like, would you want that because there's no action, or would you want more of an action pose or general stock wrestling pose like Dino Bravo, you know, kind of in a squatting arms out position or, you know, Zach or uh, Cardona's got the power slam, you know, yeah. or, or do, do you want, do you want stock wrestling pose or would, you know, would you want the, you know, like Sabu, Sabu's pointing in the air. Yeah, know, but his is also, he's going to go, but his is also not a, is not necessarily not a stock pose. Um, I feel like to do the pat on the back would be, you'd almost have to add like an extra shoulder joint in there. And, uh, I don't know if that's possible. I think just, um, for me, like the Hasbros, I never like, I didn't pull back Razor's arm and have him throw the clothesline. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I never did either. I don't know. And in fact, I don't know anyone that actually used the actions. You just, that was just part of how they were made. It wasn't honestly until like Jack's bone crunching action when you actually had figures that just moved. But like they didn't, they didn't actually do anything. And to me, like that was the best thing about BCAs at the time, where like you could pick up Stone Cold's leg to do the kick, and his arm would raise up so you could kind of do the stunner. Like Sean, you could do the super kick. Like you know, what I mean, like you could kind of do what needed to be done for the most part, right? Um, if if you were playing with them and stuff. And so with Hasbro's, like, yeah, like. Like Razor, I remember that one arm was out with the clothesline, so you could kind of pick the guy up on that side and kind of hold him with the other arm for the Razor's edge, sort of. But a lot of it was kind of imagination. So for me, like I think it's I think it's fine to just to do a typical regular pose for him. Like I don't see anything wrong with that. But but again, I look at the price point of these figures and I'm like, okay, is Barry Horowitz a guy I signed because? Is there that demand for that figure? And I'm just simply asking a question, not knocking it, because I think that that's a fun addition, because it's like, oh, that's true, he's never had a figure, but is there the demand for a Barry Horowitz? I don't think so. Um, he, and I know it's, you know, he, yes, he's beloved, but uh, I, I too think that he's, just a little outside that Hasbro timeline, just by a little bit, because by the time he got big, when he got his first win was with Skip, and that was or in the Body Donna, so that was transition from Hasbro to. Uh, yeah. So he's right on the cusp. Um, you know, hopefully it's it come. You know has a good sculpt and you know, if, if you, you want to get it, uh, by all means, but I, I think this one I'm going to pass unless there's always that chance to where I could be going to a convention or, you know, maybe next year at WrestleCon and it's like, you know what? It'd be kind of cool to have that very Horowitz signed. Not that I'm like, not that he would be, the reason I would go to Russell Condor, like, you know, his autograph's probably only 20 bucks. Let me snag this figure real quick because then I've got something for him to sign. Well, and you know what? Or, if, if he's going to WrestleCon, he may have him for sale there, too. Exactly. So. I, I think it's cool. I think, like, I go back to what Jeremy said about classic superstars because I remember Jeremy back in the day, of course, he's obviously very active on Twitter, but. 
back in the day with classic superstars, he was on the forums a lot. And I remember they announced Tank Abbott. And we'll, we'll bring this up multiple times, I'm sure. But he was like, if we want to do this line, it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, it, it's got to be a little bit of everybody. He's like, yeah, Tank Abbott's not the first choice for some, but he hits a niche. And again, I go back to, I think that was Tank Abbott's only figure. He may have yeah. had a Jax UFC figure, but I honestly don't remember. I don't think he did. I'm pretty sure that that's Tank's only figure. I'm just sad that there were no three-count figures for him to dance with. <laughs> wow. What a weird time in the wrestling business. To <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of move forward, man, um, we got to talk about what's on the pegs. What have you been spotting on the toy aisle lately, Travis? Um, I've been looking, uh, because people have been, uh, seeing that Vader and Cena, um, I did manage to snag one Vader. There was no Vader. It's so good, man. Oh, it's man. It's, I'm going to say it's going to probably be my wrestling figure of the year. Uh, it's going to be hard to beat because, He's got multiple heads. He's got the Mastodon mask. He's got that old lightning uh, singlet and pants. Like it's it's spot on. And it when you you know I, I've taken it out of the package and I have a uh, oddly enough I have a Vader collection of figures. Um, I've all, Vader's always been one of those guys that, as a kid, he terrified me. Sure. And uh, I feel no pain. He, a, <laughs> he didn't. He felt no pain. And, you know, he, uh, he scared me. And when he was just one of those oddball enough figures that he would only get one, maybe two figures a line. So it was easy to get every Vader figure from his BCA, um, his jacks, even though he had the Yokozuna body. Um, but he looks great standing up there. Uh, found him. Um, other than that, um, I was at Dollar Tree the other day and I found the little uh, G.I. Joe miniature figures that were a dollar a piece. I know those are kind of popular. There was uh, Cobra Commander, Duke, Destro, Roadblock. And I forget the last two, but uh, saw those. Those were those were kind of neat. And um, I know the other thing that's hitting right now is the uh, there's a Keldor trap jaw two pack, uh, not yeah. faces of evil, but yeah, but it's uh, like something. it's like an origin of before they become who they become, right? Yeah, it's got Keldor and a closed mouth Skeletor ma- or head and trap jaw. Uh, with both arms and uh, a human head, not a metal jaw. So right. uh, those have been hitting. Uh, I have yet to see one, uh, but I don't, you know, don't not too worried about it. Anything Motu, when you think you're never going to find it, is just going to show up in droves one day. Yeah, that kind of tends to be the uh, the way it's been. But going back to that big Van Vader, um, 
absolutely an incredible figure. If you think about it, with the exception of maybe the classic superstar, most Vader figures are pretty good. Like, he gets nailed pretty well. Uh, oh, yeah. The BCA was a tad thin, but it was still, like, thick enough where you're kind of like, okay, I buy this. But he was bigger than the rest of them, belly-wise. Like, yeah. he wasn't... Was he in scale? No, but he... Like you said, he, he had the, the wider frame, little little belly, but... Yeah. You know, I still moonsaulted him all the time. You better believe the, it. Uh, you better believe monster it. Monster ring. <laughs> the, uh, but the big Van Vader that they have now, I think that's the third Vader leaks. I know they did that Legends like Series 3 or 4 where it was like early big Van Vader, but not but not that early. It was probably like 93 era. He had like the fur cape. But yes. that one actually had two masks, which I thought was really fun, like a red and a black one. And, and this one... Is more like late '80s, early '90s, almost even like New Japan Vader. Uh, yeah, he, he did wear that in WCW briefly, but but then yeah, it was maybe his first appearance or yeah. two. Right, so it was a little bit more of an obscure costume, but then so cool that he's got the alternate head, no mask, but you can put the other mask on, and the mastodon yes. helmet. Like that's incredible. Like great, and stuff. his hands have the the V hands for Vader. And see, and and extra hands have always kind of been a weird thing to me because I don't know about to you, like, but when I, you have a figure with, like, the almost closed hand where you can hold a weapon or the fist, like, it, that's, like, almost the same. Like, it didn't really bother me. But, and so, like, when they include, like, extra hands that are either fist or, like, almost closed hands, I'm like, well, that's not necessary. But to me, extra hands are when they do, like, the Hardy Boys finger guns or... Edge does the rock and roll hands. You know right. what I mean? The click does the two sweet hands. Or you, a, a hand that makes sense for the character. This makes sense. So I'm like, that's yes. that's good stuff. Yeah, it, uh, the, it, it it's just a, a great figure. I was uh, happy to see it, happy to, uh, happy to get it. Um, honestly, looking for that John Cena. Going to try to find it because I... I I need that. Uh, oh shoot! What's uh, that? That the, fun house match, John Cena. Yeah, the, with the the McMahon boss or whatever with yeah, the puppet, puppet because. Yeah. Uh, and I think that actually such, has like such a, good shit. Yeah, kidding. sorry, beep that. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, that's my favorite part and my favorite thing about that match. And uh, I even got the T-shirt. Because I just laugh all the time, and I don't know. It, it just struck me as as funny. It's good stuff, and I like how that one has longer, slightly longer-haired Cena and then short-haired Cena, so you kind of get two eras there, too. Like That's really fun. Yes. I think that's a cool thing. I actually have not seen the uh, Motu Origins 2-pack yet. Uh, I know a lot of people are kind of seeing that. I have not spotted it. Although I don't think that will actually be one I pick up. I'm more of a one character. You know what I mean? Like, I don't necessarily right. need battle armor He-Man as much as I... Like, you know what I mean? I, I kind of limit my collection. Like, I can't... Right. Like it, Same with, like, wrestling. I'm not buying 17 Young Bucks figures. I got my Young Bucks. I'm good. You know, type... That's kind of my, my mentality anyway. So... But uh, I actually had a couple of good toy spotting moments today. I uh, We have a local comic toy shop, video game shop called Vintage Stock around here. And there's a few locations. 
And here lately, they've been carrying newer stuff, some newer toys. And uh, I uh, went to one and ran, aco- I ran across uh, Flint from G.I. Joe Classified. Nice. Yeah, and so now the, the this is the bad part about this. This is almost like KB Toy-esque. He was $25. And obviously, everyone knows you can get it for 20 pretty much anywhere. But I, pulled, I did pull the trigger and I bought him. And here's why. I feel like if you don't, you know, you snooze, you lose type of thing. And um, I, I actually yeah. messaged a couple of friends of ours, Jeff and Scott, and said, like, hey, I found a Flint. It was 25 bucks, but I went ahead and pulled the, fi- pulled the trigger. I was like, because I feel like if this goes up, this is a little bit cheaper than 25000 <laughs> The the Yes, very true. And, I mean, gas, depending on where you're at, you sure. know, 3 to $4.00. You saved a you saved yourself multiple trips to a Walmart, GameStop, or uh, Target to multiple trips to possibly not find it. So, right. you know, it's right at that. Oh crap! But then, like, you know what? It's here. It's in my hand. It's that whole you know selling one hundred and one. Put it in their hand because it's like it. You had it in your hand. You felt ownership of it. And you went all right. He's coming home with me. Well, and then, oddly enough, I hit another vintage stock about 10, 15 minutes down the road and found Lady J. So, I now own Flint and Lady J. So, as far as G.I. Joe classifieds, the only ones I'm actually missing now, with the exception of, well, I'll go and list the Cobra Island. Because I did, I did get a Firefly, and nice. luckily someone found me a Beachhead. But I missed the original Cobra Trooper, but... They re-released that as Cobra Infantry Man, and I don't have that one yet. I did find a Zartan randomly at a Walgreens one night, which is just like, huh, well, there you go. So I grabbed it, and um, so I'm missing Cobra Infantry Man, and I don't have the Cobra Viper, which I'm not really keeping my fingers crossed, so I'm hoping that gets re-released down the line, which I think it will. And, of course, now Major Blood's kind of as the next exclusive that you're seeing, and and we covered it on Power Hour a couple of weeks ago, but basically it's like $25,000 is what the auction was going for, which is some ridiculous amount, which, again, I go back to, I don't actually think people are paying that. I think it's being done to uh, drive the yeah. value up. I, I agree. Um, one thing I did find out uh, was talking to John today. Uh, he uh, He called me, and I don't know if this is just his target or – if they're implementing this to stop collectors, but um, they are not putting uh, high-value figures out on the pegs to where you have to ask for them. So, uh, and he got he got this firsthand from you know a guy because uh, you know he he was looking and somebody came up and said, "Hey, are you looking for anything?" He said. Uh, nah, you know, you know, I was hoping to to catch uh, the 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 Keldor thing, the the Motu. You know, I was looking yeah. for that, and he goes, uh, you know. Then they started talking about, oh, you a Joe fan? Yeah, Major Blood's coming out. Blah 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 blah. He goes, oh yeah, we're not even gonna put the Major Bloods on on the shelf. You're gonna have to ask for them, or like because they're. I think Target is getting fed up with uh, know-it-alls with uh, Pop Finder, Brick Seek, and, and all that. And, you know, 
harassing multiple employees. That, can you go to the back? Can you go to the back? Like, uh, well, that wouldn't that make it worse though? You know what I mean? I like, so that they don't want they don't want the masking employees to go to the back. So the only way to get it is to ask someone to go to the back. Does that seem pointless? I, I mean, I get I get what you're saying, but that seems like they're it's... also trying to stop scalpers, right? Because it's. Uh, you know, it is that game of they're trying to get it in the right hands instead of, you know, because for every every two, you know, good good posts you see about somebody finding, you know, oh, man, I'm so happy I found this. You see X amount of, oh, you know, look at this Target employee yeah. snagging three uh, Turtles in Disguise box sets, but a mom gets one. Like it, it's well. Did I ever? It's getting out of hand. Did I ever tell you that story about this? Is a while back on the NECA figures. And I don't think it's this way anymore. But apparently, NECA actually had a rep that put the stuff out on the pegs for them. And a friend of mine, it was around the time Metalhead and the Casey Jones pack was coming out. Yes, and so. He happens to work near a Target, so he checks there like every day. I I am pretty close to another Target. I check there every few days. So we kind of have a system, right? Like we're going to divide and conquer. You know, one of us will find something yeah. if it hits. <laughs> this is your Target. This is mine. Right. Let's right. Go. Exactly. And he said that he went in there on a break from work and he saw the guy who had five metal heads and three Casey Jones two packs. And I mean, you think about it. I think the metalhead retailed for like thirty, right? Casey and uh, the foot soldier retailed for like fifty-two, right? So clearly, this guy was under the impression that he could, you know, make big money off of these, right? And and it was one of those things. Apparently, he what he was saying, what the guy would do. Is put them all out, take a picture to show, like, hey, I put them all out, then go buy them himself, and you know, and then resell them, which is why right. they were so hard to find. Now, well, I know they still do have NECA reps. Yes, uh, there, are, there, there is, there are still NECA reps, and there are uh, sports cards or hobby collectible card vendors as well. So, which, you know, that's which surprises a, that's me. A, that's a hot thing right now, too. Right. Yeah. And, um. I, I'm. It, it doesn't surprise me because, you know, I'd be willing to bet these guys aren't making more than ten, twelve dollars an hour, and right. And so this is can, way to supplement their income. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is what I want, or you know, this is, you know, you hear through the grapevine like, oh shoot, this thing that I can put out that I have control over, right? Like I don't agree with it. But, you know, hey, you know, if I sell a couple of these for 100 bucks, I just got Christmas money or I just got – we don't know anybody's situation. So, like, I'm not – I don't want to judge. It is crappy. But, like, it – and it's wrong because you're not supposed to do that. Well, at least I don't think. I don't – I've never read a NECA employee – Handbook. So well, I and I don't even that. think they're actually NECA employees. I think they're like, I, I don't know what the like they're almost con, not but, contractors, but yeah, they're just a stalker. Yeah, like, and, and it's like they essentially get a, a shipment and they go do it or whatever. But and it, what I found interesting 
is I hit a target a few months after this, and I saw the NECA guy there. And it's the first time I'd ever seen one, and he was putting out the musical Mutagen Tour box set, which I'm sure everybody remembers. Great, great box set. Yeah, it's, it's the four turtles with the musical instruments cartoon, like from their concert tour and stuff. He put out four of them. And I was actually not necessarily going to get this set, but I was like, wow, that, there it is. Like, <laughs> hmm. And so I'm like, man, I get that oh, it doesn't look cool. And so he's over there. And so I, I messaged my local friend and he was like, can you grab all four of them? And I was like. Uh, you know, it's not that, like, I knew I'd be paid back, but it's also, like, a lot of money out right away, you know. Yeah, it's 500 bucks right yeah, there because they were 125 a piece. You better believe it. That's quite a debit card swipe. So I was like, yeah, I have enough to cover it. And he was like, okay. And he immediately had, like, two people hit me up, like, dude, I will be right there if you'll if you'll sell that to me. I was like, sure. And so I, I got rid of them all immediately. And I've, actually, I think I sent one to Rad Chad. He wanted one. But anyway, um, with all of that said, the NECA guy was right by me the whole time. Like, standing, like, not close, but, like, in my, kind of in my bubble. Vicinity. And he's like, you getting one of those? I'm like, yeah, I think so. And I think he was, I think he was waiting on me. So maybe... Maybe the deal is if they see someone who wants it, you can't stop them, but you're free to buy what I don't know. And I don't know if it's like a moral compass. I don't who who the hell knows, but I thought that was interesting. He just stood over there the whole time. Like, you know, realistically, like you said, 10, 12 bucks an hour. He's probably not being paid a lot. Certainly not enough to just hang out in the store. So that told me he was waiting to see what I was going to buy. And uh, grab what I didn't get. Coincidentally, that set was pretty easy to come by, I thought. I thought a lot of people found it pretty easily. So, you know, everything's different, I guess, on different regions. But, um, but yeah, man. So, all that stuff, it's, uh, it's pretty wild what you'll, what you'll find. But, yeah, um, so, um, like I said, I found, I found Flint and Lady J. And, uh, I don't know, man. Like, when you, when you start to kind of complete a collection, like, you're like, oh, awesome. Not that that, G.I. Joe collection is complete because it's obviously still an ongoing line, but it's nice to have a couple scratched off where I'm like, okay, I don't have to worry about that for a little bit. Yeah. Well, on to the next series. Indeed. Well, anyway, I think it's about that time to dive into our main event, so what do you say we do it? Let's do it. Get ready to erupt into a primal rage, but be warned. These guys don't just kick butt, they slam it, crush it, and trash it. And now, they're even bigger. Four tasty follower figures take a bite out of their killer appetite. Now even more rage is in your hands. With Primal Rage and Super Rage action figures from Playmates. All right, we are back here on the TV Toycast with our main event, Primal Rage. So, Travis, this is kind of one of those interesting toy lines where it was kind of a one and done. I mean, they were released over a couple of years, but not really a ton of different figures to speak of. So, I got to start with: Do you did you collect any of these? Were these on your radar? What do you? What are your memories of the Primal Rage toy line? 
My memories of them are the packaging and seeing them at KB Toys and an EB Games when uh, before EB got bought by GameStop because EB used to have uh, some kind of off the wall action figures. You could find old Street Fighter or Metal Gear, you know, things like that. But I only remember seeing them in the mall at EB and at KB. And uh, at this time, I was nose deep in Toy Biz, X-Men, Spider-Man, and Power of the Force. So uh, no additional funds for, well, and even Bone Crunchers. Sure. Uh, so no additional funds for for Primal Rage, uh, they were cool, but you know they weren't as cool as uh, Stone Cold or or Boba Fett at the time. Well, dude, I'll tell you one thing. You you mentioned uh, X Men Spider Man figures. I remember the Toy Biz X Men figures. If you looked on the back of the package, they had like everything shown on there. That was a daunting collection to try to get a hold of, was it not? Oh yeah, it was because uh, they they just kept. Producing and producing, and uh, they were everywhere, but then they weren't. So yeah, uh, it 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 was a great great figure line. I I loved it, and you know it's uh, it stands the test of time for you know yeah they're not Marvel Legends, but they had some amazing sculpts, and there's still some figures that were released in that line that I've never seen at Marvel Legends. So they they uh, did a really good job of hitting everybody. I remember that's kind of how I learned who some of the characters were because you know the cartoons didn't feature every character, but I remember and obviously we're not talking X-Men today, but I remember seeing Mr. Sinister on the on the box of the the figure before I saw him on the cartoon cuz I was like that guy is freaky looking, you know, like I just thought he was such a cool looking Yeah, character. white face, red eyes, or all those he big, was, like, weird uh, tentacle-looking things on his, on his jacket. Yeah. Just crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, I actually did have two Primal Rage figures. I had Chaos and Blizzard, which are the two big apes. Um, no real reason why I got them. I just thought they were fun. I uh, It's weird that I got two of the, basically the same figure, just different colors. But I did. Um, I, I don't know why, but never got maybe any more. He was, it was, it was, maybe he was... Your favorite? Maybe you had a King Kong affliction. I, I, I got, I got no idea. <laughs> I remember I always liked Blizzard because he was like the snow ape. Something about that character, I thought he was cool. Um, but again, it's fighting dinosaurs, man. Like who's not to, who's not gonna like something like that? That's cool stuff. But, but yeah, it's unfortunate. I guess the bad thing about a line like this, with no further games. Because and again, that's a weird one that there was never a Primal Rage sequel, or why there hasn't been a uh, HD revamp or you know up- update or you know anything like that. I agree. I mean, great name, Primal Rage, like that just. And it was also one and of what, those games when you saw it at the video store to rent. It was like, oh, I got to get that. Yeah, because didn't it have the Velociraptor on it? Like, and this is. You know, this is right around Jurassic Park when Velociraptors started becoming like more popular than 
T-Rexes. Sure. I don't remember, but I just remember uh, spending the night with a friend, and we rented it on Sega, and we thought it was amazing, just how fun that was, which is so crazy to think that we spent all night playing a game that, you know, you can essentially play in about 10 minutes, but that's kind of... I mean, it's what games were in those days, as you know, so I remember um, a kid in school had it on Game Boy, and it's just like, oh, man, that's so cool, and, you know, it's really not by today's standards. Horrible, but in, but in those days it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I I would even bet. I think now, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure there was even a Primal Rage uh, Tiger handheld. I think you uh, are actually correct on that. I think it was a. I think it had the black shell and the regular logo. Uh, that's what I'm envisioning. So- so full disclosure, I would actually like to do an episode on Tiger Electronics, but it's hard to find a full checklist of games that I've found. Granted, I don't I don't feel like we should read off every game because that's a bunch, but maybe just a retrospective of what we remember because I remember very distinctly having a Mortal Kombat Tiger Electronics game. Um, I know they made Street Fighter and like Primal yes. Rage. I like they had some popular ones, but then they even had they had like a full house one, so they had some really random ones too. Yeah, there was a uh, uh, there was a one of the more popular ones was there was it was just Bruce Lee, and all they did was relabel the Double Dragon Two and call it Bruce Lee, but just use the same Double Dragon Two game and that they had already done because. I, I I think it came out to coincide with the Dragon movie. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Like, you wouldn't know. Speaking of that, Tiger Electronics actually re-released four classic games this past year, which I bought all four, and I know you bought at least some of them. Did you get all four of them? I bought all four, and because of you, it was, like, Travis, they're going to make these, and guess what? You can reserve them at GameStop. I went, You've got to be kidding me. I'm going to go serve them at GameStop. Went to GameStop the next day, um, and I could reserve uh, Transformers, X-Men, and Little Mermaid, but Sonic had already shipped, so I had to order Sonic from GameStop.com. But Uh I had to... Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) It, It was fun to get him again, but that lasted only like five seconds, did it not? Yeah, they're they're. I, I wish they would have picked a fun game because the Transformers one made no sense. No, the X Men one was, you know, while popular, it's like, well, shoot, I just want to laser up with or optic blast with Cyclops up, but then that means you got to like jump up and optic blast. It, it's it, it was bad. Uh, kids loved them though, you know, because to a kid like Gavin and Gracie, my two young ones, they we had a Tiger Electronics night, and you know they had no idea what they were doing, but they were they were at least entertained for about thirty minutes. I think it's it's might I have to see if my nephew would play him him or my niece because I think they may actually like them because they're kind of a quick play. It's not a long process, right? So, yeah, who knows? I mean, I think it was a fun idea. I don't. I mean, if they make more, I'll be honest. I probably will buy them. I just don't know. If, don't know if you should. I, 
Yeah, I I probably will as well. Um, but yeah, definitely look out in the future. We'll we'll cover a uh, do a Tiger Electronics special. All Good right. idea. I think it's about that time we um, we dive into uh, Primal Rage. What do you say? All right, let's drop those quarters in. Next up. All right. So the line is called the Destructive Dinos. First up, we had Chaos, who was uh, one of the monkeys. One of the ones I had. This looks like the one I had, kind of the red fur, uh, kind of trimmed in kind of a darker skin tone. Then apparently he had a re-release, uh, slightly different colored with like red fur and kind of a green skin tone. So I'm not sure. I don't remember which one I had, to be totally honest. I do know I had Chaos, though. And then they have have Diablo, who is the fireball attack where it's red and black or orange and purple. And he is a T-Rex. Yes, I kind of miss because kind of miss that fireball one. throwing T Rexes. Of course, I mean, can't go wrong. They also have a twist and thrash Diablo, but I'm not sure the significance of that. It looks the same, except different packaging. Necrosan, who I cannot tell exactly what he is, but um, he kind of looks like a pterodactyl. A little, yeah, maybe like a pterodactyl. Yeah, that sounds about right. A flying thing. Vertigo, I remember him from the from the game. Kind of, a, they have a blue and green, or a black and green combo. And um, I, he he, I don't know what kind of dinosaur it is, but he almost looks like a a big Baronosaurus, but like kind of a spitter, like Jurassic Park. Yes, yeah. He was, if I recall, he was the freezing sub-zero t- character that he spit ice out and would freeze you on the screen. Uh, it, it, that sounds right. This is a deep cut, though. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Good lord, who knows. And so then we go, yeah. they have the Super Rage, which includes Blizzard, another Chaos, another Diablo, and I don't know the significance of these. I think these are a little bit bigger in scale. Sauron, who looks like the Raptor, is that correct? Yes. And then Talon, who I don't know what kind of dinosaur that is, but he's kind of raptor-esque shaped, maybe a little smaller. Yeah, yeah, I think he, uh, I think that is the raptor, and I think these are the equivalent of the uh, elite and basics, like the next step up for the collector. And I think this is the ones I had. I think I had Chaos and blizzard in this scale so okay i don't know because i i have blizzard and he's not in there the destructive dino scale so that's why i think that virtuous beast which includes armadon who he looks like a triceratops but he can stand which kind of makes sense for a fighting game maybe they just kind of reimagined him looks pretty yeah. mean got a big old horn on his on his face and then he comes in like an orange color and a green color another blizzard and a light blue and then a blizzard in a dark blue. Uh, another Sauron uh, in purple and blue. Slash Fang. I do not remember this one at all. He's basically a stand-up saber-toothed tiger. That's pretty sweet. I remember him because he was the equivalent of the of Sabretooth from the X-Men. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was like, the, if Sabretooth... Was a real animal. This is what he would be. 
got another talon, um, orange or yellow. And I, here's a, and then also in uh, uh, talon lungeon bite, there's no picture available there. But you know what? I don't recall variant colors of these whatsoever. Does that even ring a bell to you at all? I think this is a classic case of, uh, like we talked about at the beginning, uh, they released Series 1. Yeah. And, well, shoot, we have these molds. uh, And they never really officially, they weren't Series 2 figures, but they just, here's a repaint, like like a Player 2 version, or like a, if you both played the same character, one was an off color or like a, a exactly. character two. Yeah. Um, just to where they could get more, more bang for their buck. And, uh, it makes sense when you, play, a, when you played street fighter, if uh, you were both Zangief, one of them was in green, you know? Yeah. So this, this is that, this follows that suit of, you know, player one, player two. And it was really one line because they would just start throwing them in very similar to like, you know, the, the toy biz WCW, like there, you never knew why there was a red Wolfpack Scott Hall and a white logo Scott Hall or a red state. Like it just kind of, they just kind of started like those, especially I feel like DC McFarland's like that too. These days where they just show up and it's like, Oh, okay. That Batman has a blue variant, you know? Right. Yeah, no no rhyme or reason and you know the only re- only way to really tell what a series is um is by, you know, these new build a figures. So right. um like I said, I just think this is a classic case of 90s and well we've already made the basic colors. Let's uh let's flip to the player 2 and get those colors out because you know maybe you know, there's going to be a completist out there that's going to want all of them. This is also a toy line. If I were playmates, I would have, uh, I would have thought up some original characters because I feel like fighting dinosaurs. That's money, you know. And if you had more original characters pumping out, it would have been, it would have been much easier to uh, start making money on that line. Oh yeah, I agree. But again, with one game, that's kind of hard to do. Well, so that completes Primal Rage and pretty well wraps up Episode 5. But, Travis, it is that time for you to pick our next main event. Are you ready for your choices, my friend? Tier 1 is ready. Tier 1 is ready. So I'm going with three completely different toy lines at you. Number one, WWF Grudge Match 2-packs from Playmates. Now, to give everyone a little bit of a brief history, because these are probably don't ring a bell with some people. There were these little mini articulated figures that came with a ring and there were like six of them, six different sets um, from playmates who briefly made WWF toys in like 96. Um, Your second choice, toy biz X-Men series one classic. I think everybody remembers the X-Men figures. We touched on them earlier Mm -hmm. and your third choice, which is, Kind of out of left field a little bit, because this will be kind of one whole run, because it didn't have a ton of different releases. Karate Fighters. Um, I think most of us remember, because they sponsored all the wrestling events for the WWF in the mid-90s, and essentially were kind of like a much more revamped Rock'em Sock'em Robots, but super fun idea 
you you, know, you spin a little knob, the guy spins around, and you know you try to knock your opponent off his ledge. It was awesome. Uh, they 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 were very cool because they like you said they were so loosey goosey. You may have got sweet chin music, or you may have just got a roundhouse to the hip. You you never knew, just depending on your your spinning ability or turning abilities of that little crazy nom. Yeah. Now the bad thing about them is like without the actual game, there was not a lot you could do with them. But again, we'll dive into that when we dive into it. So what's uh, what's the main event going to be for episode six, Travis? All right. The first one to make the cut is going to be, you know, we just covered Hasbro. So we're going to get, I'm going to cut the grudge matches to so no wrestling for two weeks in a row. My goodness. Um, and then as cool as karate fighters were, they're getting the cut too. We, I want to do, uh, toy biz X-Men series one. I have so many fond memories of that. I have a couple good stories. I remember the comic ad on the back of almost every Marvel comic at the time. And I think that, uh, and you know, we touched on it earlier. This this wave one was so popular, and then the cartoon came out. Uh, Toy Biz literally exploded. Uh, well, I have some fun stories about this as well. This is obviously when we decided to do this podcast. I don't know about you, but like X Men, Spider Man, Batman, Turtles. Battle Trolls, all those lines kind of came up in my mind because it's like, I, I cannot wait to discuss those. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I vividly remember seeing this the first time. Yeah. And just, like, the, 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 <laughs> they, uh, they were toys. They all had, uh, to me, they were, like, they were your six inch figures. They were plastic, but they all, it was like a Hasbro, but on steroids because they were hard plastic. Mm-hmm. They had a little gimmick, but the gimmick did not stop the figure from being a figure like a bone cruncher. So like Wolverine had his claws popped out, but like, he still had shoulder joints, leg joints, and stood there straight. Like, he didn't have a crazy pose. Or, it didn't you know, inhibit you pushed... the play of the character, if that's... If I'm exactly. Yeah. Yes, that's what I was trying to say in 1,032 words. Thank you. <laughs> For sure. But no, man, I... Uh, much like a lot of people, I think maybe with, with Hasbro's or whatever, what got me into X-Men were the figures. And... There were so many just good ones that they had back in the day that these were just so much fun to to dive into. And if it wasn't such an extensive collection, it would be kind of fun to go back and try to recollect them. But I just don't know if that would be possible or not. Uh, it's it's possible. There's a couple good checklists, and honestly, these they're loose. They're not too terrible. There's there's you know that one or two that is in every toy. Yeah series but it's not because i've looked back to you know see this that and the other and it's it's not hateful but it's in today's toy collecting it's it's not hateful i know for me that was kind of a big thing of getting into marvel legends the two main ones i wanted to focus on were x-men 
and Spider-Man. And yes. like to me, it was really cool to get the Spider-Man Marvel Legends Craven the Hunter because I had his Toy Biz figure. And it's That's like, a great Toy Biz figure. Oh, dude, it's so good. I remember my cousin was about three or four years younger than me, and every birthday he would always get really cool action figures. And not that I didn't have cool ones, but I mo- most of my collection was focused on wrestling. And so he'd get like all X-Men figures. And I'm, dude, I'm like jealous. Like, oh man, that's cool. You know, like I remember one year he got like 10 Spider-Man figures. No lie. Dude, I was so jealous. Like, and one of them he got was Kraven the Hunter. And I didn't know the character at the time, but this dude's wearing a freaking lion's mane. I'm like, I want that right now. Yeah. I need to know who he is and all about him. Um, so I'll I'll drop a tease for for next week's episode. I uh, did the biggest toy trade in well my biggest toy sale and purchase at the time of my young uh, adolescent ten year old self, um, and it involves uh, not series one but Toy Biz X Men figures. And the USS Flag, one of the, I, you know, it, it's a story that that I'll that I'll share next week to to kind of to coincide with uh, us talking about series one Toy Biz X Men. I, I can dig that, man. I'm excited for it. Uh, but before we get out of here, of course, check us out uh, at TB Toycast on social media, and if you want to email us, uh, TB Toycast at yahoo.com. And one thing we, we've kind of neglected, and it's not on purpose. I think it's just we're still kind of figuring out our format. Uh, shout-outs. Uh, I'd like to give a couple of shout-outs to people. Um, and I, I know you do as well, so I won't take everybody. But uh, some people I'd like to shout-out. Um, Big underscore Bane, my podcasting partner from Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Give a shout-out to him. Give a shout-out to Drew Vinsel, Jonathan Dobro, Sammy Evans, um, Seth from Ringside Designs. And I know there's probably some shout-outs you would like to give as well. I would love to uh, shout-out to my boy, uh, 18-year veteran, uh, coming back with Season 4, Bill Benis. How dare you? I I mean, Bill, you know, when you listen to this, bud, uh, being the current uh, PHPW world champion, you ever won a world title match, open, open season, my friend. So shout out to Bill. He's my he's just don't FaceTime me, Bill. We already had that problem. Just call me next time. Yeah, that was uh, the best thing. New. No. Uh, I also you know a couple different shout outs. I want to shout out uh, to uh, got uh, my friends uh, Ryan, Chuck, and uh, John. Uh, they're on the Star Joe's podcast. They do a uh, a podcast about. Uh, 80s properties, Star Wars, G.I. Joe, awesome. Transformers, uh, been great friends for 10 or so years. Uh, shout out to them. Check out their podcast. Uh, John also does, uh, some figure hunting in the Virginia area. He's, he's a good friend. So he, uh, he's part of that collectors helping collectors. He's not really part of the fig life community, but he understands like, you know, cost plus shipping, uh, he's helped out. So I want to give him a shout out. And, uh, also my last shout out to the, uh, original Ohio players, uh, 
Eric and Barry over there at uh, doing the favor. They're, uh, you know, Eric's in the middle of his uh, all-star softball tournament. So, you know, listen to that. They've also covered some figures and uh, they cover some of the sports uh, cards and wrestling cards. So uh, give them a listen as well. Well, and I, and I think it's safe to say that this show wouldn't even be a podcast if it wasn't for the real life brothers, not storyline brothers, Jeff and Scott over at fully posable. We kept, we, uh, we kind of took what they did and tried to make it our own thing involving previous toy lines. But, um, you know, Jeff and Scott, I think they brought an entire community of people together and I would say a safe, solid bet me and you would not even be talking if it wasn't for those two guys. So I'd like to absolutely. Give, I'd love to give a shout out to Jeff and Scott over at the fully posable wrestling figure podcast. And, uh, and you know, there's other people I like to show. one more quick shout out. Then we'll call it good. And we always want to shout out different people, I guess. But, uh, Jason Wolf is another one who, uh, he's a big toy collector, amazing artist. And he's also making custom Hasbro figures, which is just incredible. Yeah. I feel completely horrible now that I forgot not, well, it's late. We're getting. I, I'm getting old. You know this, Breaker. I'm, I'm. I'm. You know, slowly losing my mind. And yes, but no. Shout out to those two and Jason. Jason's an awesome guy. We've, uh, you know, Jason and I are going through forty-year-olds uh, using three uh, D printing technology and trying to figure this out without pulling. Uh, he has no hair, so pulling out his beard hair and whatever hair that I have on the top of my head. So uh, <laughs> shout out to Jason. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you guys for checking out another edition of the TB Toy Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Travis. And we will catch you guys in the toy aisle. See you next week. Take it easy.